Hey mama, welcome back to another episode of Her Pursuit Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining me today for part two of this Father's Day interview with my husband, Adam. We sat down together, actually, to be honest, it was kind of late when we got started recording and listening back, I'm like, we sound so tired. It was kind of like, we we get, we get we make it. It's good. It's a good conversation. It flows pretty well. But I told him, I'm like, usually I have questions prepped or at least talking points. And I don't know, I just... I hadn't thought through it and we, life has just been kind of crazy, which I know everybody's life is crazy busy and summer and it's fun and it's good and it's awesome. And I've been trying to unplug and be present. And we had a little bit of an extended vacation and then our power went out. And prior to that, it was just like going, going, going. Like we always, everybody is all the time going nonstop. So this kind of got pushed to the back burner a little bit, not intentionally, but that's just what happened. So we recorded the actual night before. We had stayed up until like 1 a.m. We were talking. We had been at his dad's house as well, still, because our power was out. And so today is part two of the conversation that I had with him a couple nights ago. And we did our best to just, I guess, share our story. And he shares about being a girl dad to three little girls. And we get into a little bit of you know, our childhood, his upbringing, his dad, how he thinks his dad influenced how he parents. And it's just hopefully a relatable conversation that you find helpful in some way. If you're just now tuning in, if you missed part one, you definitely want to push pause, go back because I'm literally just going to keep the audio rolling from where I interrupted the first conversation. So listen to part one, then come here, listen to part two. While you're listening, tag the show, if you will. Take a screenshot on your phone, tag the podcast at Her Pursuit Podcast. I would love to see who's listening, what you're relating to, what's landing, what you think about this episode. So be sure to tag the show on Instagram at Her Pursuit Podcast. And so that was like two major life stresses. You finish the house. We get packed up somehow. I don't even know. There had to have been people that helped me because I did not do that alone. We pack up. We move into this house and we try to get settled. And as we're adjusting to life with two babies and newborn life and (laughs) it's like so I mean, when you stop and think about it, it really is a lot of transition. It's a lot of changes. It's a lot of... Well, I do. That stuff doesn't bother me. So I don't I don't mind change and new things and not knowing what's coming or any of that. So, But transition in general, does it not stress you out? No. I like it. <laughs> you like it? Yes. What is wrong with you? Uh, I'm... You thrive yeah, in yes, chaos. That's, that's exactly <laughs> Is that right. Why you married me. <laughs> exactly right. Every day, undis- you don't have any idea what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, so, that's it. Yep. We just, I just figured it out. Yep. Well, which which version of case, and I'm getting whatever day it is. So it just depends. We don't know. I never know. I'm just kidding. So yeah. So then, fast forward a couple months. That January. As when we had the car, that's when we had the car accident, which was, that was. Yeah, that was the craziest night of my life. Yeah, we up were. to that point. We were on the way back home from church. We had some event that night, which we don't have night, nightly services, evening services, but we were at the church. We were driving back. I had the baby. You had Ava. We were locked out of the house. Y'all were in front of us. Yep. We for, stopped by TJ Maxx. For some crazy the baby reason. And I. 
our house was locked and I didn't have a key. You had it. And I think you left TJ Maxx early because we were just, me and Ava were sitting in the driveway, listening to the radio, singing and dancing. And so what happened? I really don't remember. It was, you know, I don't know. Did we talk about being a firefighter? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was a full-time firefighter for almost three years. Um, don't go into details about what you saw. Well, you just, yeah, I was very accustomed to, we, a lot of car wrecks. I mean, we just did a lot of things of that nature. So that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. It never has. I mean, other than the really crazy things, but, um, yeah, it's, it's different when it's your family and your wife and your baby. It's, it was just a, I really don't remember the phone call. I remember you screaming in the background mm-hmm. and um, it was just chaos and I couldn't hear anything but you screaming. That was mm-hmm. it. And um, I vaguely remember calling you know, mom. Uh, she lived, I don't know, a half mile from where the car accident was. And um, I threw Ava in the back seat and I, I felt like we floated there. It yeah. was, it was craziness, but got there and that was once I kind of figured out what was happening and that you were actually okay. Mm-hmm. And Emmy was okay. Emmy didn't have a scratch on her and she was good. And, um, you know, uh, mom's by the good car seat. Dad's by the good car seat. It's, uh, that's one thing you don't want to skimp on. And that was one thing that we had. And, uh, I definitely think that that helped. Yeah. Uh, Mama's even said, she's like, you know, I've, I've thought previously, like you have her in there too tight and it needs to be looser. And like, I will never say that again. And it's like, I, well, he knows from being a firefighter, but I also, I did a lot of research on car seat safety and like how to, make sure it's installed property, properly, where the chest clip should be, all those things. And obviously she was rear-facing. But yeah, that was a, a, a crazy night. That's for sure. Yeah. And so that <laughs> kind of was like this other huge yeah, that was trigger. The, that of was the spiral. So Everything kind of just, I don't want to say went downhill from there, but <clears throat> it kind of did for me. Yeah. Well... You know, your anxiety. I mean, Emmy was okay, but you had... Health anxiety. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you've always struggled with. And I mean, you weren't scot-free from the wreck. I mean, you had some things that were hurt and messed up, mm-hmm. but um, I think the anxiety from what you thought could happen or what they're not seeing... Yeah. Was, you know, that's what, that's what did it. How do you, because I know that I'm not the only one who struggles with it. And I want you to be honest, like just tell, (laughs) tell it like it is. How frustrating is it to have like your wife worried about the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And like you, there's nothing you can say to like convince me that I'm fine at that time. How do you just not lose your absolute mind? I did. I will. Uh, (laughs) I I did inside. I don't, uh, I don't show a lot of things. And I think there's probably a lot of guys that are like that. Um, But 
I, I wasn't the one dealing with the, you know, the real pain of it. It was mm-hmm. just the secondary aspects of it that were just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like I said earlier, it's, I see it as something simple. It's, hey, don't think about that. Think about something else. And that's not that easy for you at the time. Um, especially when you, it, we'd go through times, you know, where you kind of get confirmation that you're okay mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong and you're going to be fine. And it gives you like that high and that. Yeah. And it, you feel it, that next day, the next couple of days, you're, you feel great. You know, you're not really worried about anything because you just had that um, scan that, or you know, that confirmation. Yeah. The doctor said, hey, you're good. There's there's nothing wrong. You're OK. Mm-hmm. And until the next. By, yeah. Start to next, feel something. Yep. Start to worry about something. Fixate on something. Yep. And then it's like a whole nother spiral again. Just get locked in on it. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. It's really it's really hard. I mean, it is really real and it is really scary and it it causes you to have physical symptoms. And that's the thing that I would always try to explain to you is like, you know, I didn't understand that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think anxiety would actually make you sick. Like manifest itself physically, physically make yourself sick by thinking that something's wrong. And, um, your mind is crazy. Yeah. Your mind is like crazy powerful. And I'm really thankful that through like years of, Work, friends giving me advice, counseling, therapy, like I've not fully like overcome. I think it's something that I'm always going to struggle with, but I've definitely like learned tools to be able to manage it. So there's hope out there if you're listening and you have like found like you feel like you're in. Oh, my gosh, that's me. Like she's they're both talking about like how I feel. You can like move past that. You can overcome it for the most part. Wouldn't you say like, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you've done a lot of, I don't, self improvement, self development, all the things that are mindset um, work. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of required to do that. Um, a lot of people either don't feel like doing that or don't believe it'll work. Or I was about to say, it's really the possibility that, like, you don't think you can, you don't think it's possible to feel in a different way. I didn't believe that I could ever be different because I'd kind of always struggle with anxiety. For sure. And so I didn't know that it would be possible for me to actually not struggle with this specific thing that I've always yeah. worried about, you know? Yep. And that's not to say that it doesn't still creep back in. I don't still struggle with it, but. Being able to figure out how to push it out of your brain is, that's the that's the key. Is yeah. not dwelling on it, getting yeah. it in and out, just like any other thought. Figuring out how to do that, though. Yeah. And it takes people who. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to listen to people who have have done it and yeah. who are currently doing it. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's kind of cool about what you're doing with this is you're a real life testimony for um, however many moms are listening mm-hmm. and uh, what they're capable of doing themselves. Yeah, I hope I hope that it encourages them and empowers them to kind of take control because. I mean, did you notice a shift in like me kind of starting to take ownership? Because I think that's the first thing is like you have to take ownership of – you just moved your foot on the table. You have to take ownership of your life, your attitude, your thoughts, your time, the way – you know, realizing you're in control. Like we have so much more control. We're out of – we're 
we like don't have a control over a lot of things, but we are in a lot more control than we realize. Yeah. Your mind is extremely powerful and no matter if it's anxiety or dealing with something at work or your husband or if I don't stop kicking this table, she's probably going <laughs> to kick, you out kick of me off the podcast. So. <laughs> but yeah, the mind is, it's a, it's a very powerful thing. And if you can figure out how to um, use it in a, uh, a way that's helpful and not hurtful to your brain and to yourself and mm -hmm. your family, it's a, a very awesome tool to have. So since this was originally supposed to be like an, a Father's Day interview, let's talk about your third baby girl. <laughs> the little, little Zuzu. The little tornado that she is. So she was a full-on surprise for us. Yes. Um, for sure. We kind of thought that we were done after there, two. There wasn't any thinking. We were done. We Well, we weren't. You weren't. It wasn't permanently done. It was still a possibility. So wow. <laughs> anyways, I think the reason we were both so shocked is because we both know the exact date that this happened. And it was literally one time. And with our other two girls, it took a minute. Yeah. And so the fact that this was one time and then Didn't I was, was pregnant. Possible. I mean, she's like a miracle. She's something. <laughs> she that's is for a, sure. She's a miracle. She's a little surprise, tornado, whirlwind, amazing little human Fireball. being. Fireball. Yep, that's it. And so, just like, and it's so crazy how you can. And I know the mom. Like, I know you can relate to this. Probably, like, you could probably tell in the womb their personality, and then like from when they came out, you can tell their personality, and that's just what they grow into. And so, like, as is true for her. She came how many weeks early? She was supposed to be delivered Thanksgiving Day. That was her due date. She came November 7th. So she was like a good couple weeks early. Yep. And I pretty much knew that I was in labor. I was picking up our oldest from pre-K, I think. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have this baby like sometime soon. Well, I thought that I was going to be able to come home again, like try to put them to bed, have these last minutes, tell them good night. I don't remember how I told you that I thought I was in labor. Well, that's what we did though. What What do you mean? We did. We, I think we went to the doctor and then came back home. No, we So were... we could do that. And then we went back to the hospital that no, night. Yeah. Did. Yeah, we did. We went to the doctor that day. You don't remember the ride to the hospital? It said night. No, baby. We got them in the van and then we turned around. We were thought we were going to go and take them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so well, we were, yeah, we were, so we were halfway to the hospital. We were we not turned around. Oh. <laughs> a couple minutes down the road. I think we were. No, we were a couple minutes down the road and we were like, kind of, we were like, no, this is, this does not make sense. Let's just go back. I think my mom was able to come over and I laid with them in the bed and, you know, told them good night, and then it was like, we live how long? How far away from the hospital? Hour. An hour? I did not realize it was that far away. But we live, I guess, an hour from the hospital, and I waited like I labored as long as possible at home. And by the time we got there, I was making noises that sounded like they belong on National Geographic. <laughs> like I was in full on labor. 
Like, this baby was about to come out. And what, I mean, more chaos. Just like, you were driving how fast in my mama's Honda Accord. I don't Don't know. even say it. Yeah, I don't know. It was quick. It was like 100 miles an hour. Thought I, I was going to deliver. I don't have time to get an epidural. I wanted to get an epidural. I didn't have time to get an epidural. And she just like, I mean, the doctor comes in, checks me. And my water broke at that moment, and it was like the most intense thing. <laughs> she made her way out. Quick. Oh my goodness, that was the most intense like feeling I've ever felt. And yeah, she's like a couple pushes, and she's born. She was out running around, and it was just the craziest thing. Like you don't even have time to, to like comprehend what just happened. Yeah, I think I think the time you got in the room. It was under an hour. She was she was born. It was it was crazy. Yeah. It was, so it was fast. Then we get home with her, and we are adjusting to life with three girls. <laughs> and did you ever think you would be like have all girls? Did you ever think you would have three girls? I didn't. I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd have two girls. I thought that was it. Adam. Yeah. Well. I think we always talked about even when we were kids. Like I remember specifically, I said I wanted three kids. And yeah. I, you probably don't remember yeah, that conversation. I, I think I do. I, <laughs> I don't think it was three girls that I had in mind. I didn't either. I didn't have genders picked out, but yeah. here we are. We're here. So what's it like to have all girls? Like we just got back from the beach and people all the time say to you, it kind of gets on my nerves. They're like... You're in trouble and all these comments like, I don't even know. You got, well, I think everybody has the comment of you've got your hands full. I mean, we do have our hands full. Our hands are full, but it's not necessarily. My hands are full. <laughs> it's not always a bad thing. <laughs> like. No, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but no, y'all are, y'all are definitely a handful. Y'all, you're grouping me in there with them? No, yeah. I have four kids. Yeah. You are no. just as bad as they are. I've got my dogs and the horses. That's all I've got to cope with outside of my girls. <laughs> well, you have two brothers. I have two brothers. Neither of us have experience with really girls or sisters. And we're kind of like learning as we go. Well, I think we've got it figured out for the most part now, at least up until age seven. Yeah. So. We're almost in the clear. (laughs) What? No, we're not. It's like going to be a different. Once they can answer for themselves in a sentence, everything. Well, you're out of one. You're out of one stage, but you're into the next one. When they can wipe their butt, it's uh, it's okay. But we also have one going into second, who's about to be getting on up into years, and we're having other conversations about other things, and it's just gonna as they get older. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's like pros and cons to every season. The other day, he and I were talking about, who did we see? Somebody had a baby. Where were we? I can't remember. But we were talking about how easy, quote unquote, it was to have a baby. Like looking back, because we're like, all they needed was a diaper or to eat. Diaper or or passy or milk. But I'm like, in the moment, it's not that easy. It doesn't feel that easy. It is. Other people's babies are. They always don't seem as loud as your own baby. So the, your baby's cry is the loudest thing in the entire world. <laughs> Just in the middle of a restaurant. No, all the time. Like I'm, I remember asking Carly 
when she had her first, I was like, does his cry sound so loud to you? And she's like, yes, it's the loudest thing I think I've ever heard. And I was like, it's really not that loud to me. And it was in that moment that I realized your baby's cry is the loudest noise and the most stressful thing. I think that's a mama thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you are too chill for me. I can't. I can't either. (laughs) Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit. I've shared this before, but in case you're new here, this is the first time you're listening. Adam and I both come from divorced families. So my parents were divorced when I was, I think my mom corrected me. I think I was five. I don't remember. We just were talking to your dad about it. You were... Getting deep. (laughs) You were four or five? Four. And so our parents were divorced when we were young. We were literally talking about this. I think last night we were saying how we didn't really have a model to follow of like our parents raising a family as like one unit. We saw co-parenting. Yeah. We had step-parents in the picture. I had a, I mean, your, your situation wasn't bad either, but there's a lot of people in divorced families that had it a lot worse than I had. it. Um, my parents got along very well um, and made it as easy as it possibly could have been looking back at it now. Um, so I, I'm very grateful for that, at least. Yeah, my mom and I talked about that on her episode about how she and my dad kept things like civil, cordial, all that. But, I mean, if you think about it, like imagine our girls going through that. I mean, it's not normal for you to experience that as a kid. and have to, No, not at all. But I think that both of both sets of our parents did a really good job at like co-parenting and switching and your situation was a little bit different than mine. Yeah. But our parents got along. Yeah. Like for the most part. And like your parents and then my parents. Right. <laughs> Not together. It sounded weird. Also, it was getting really late. But I guess we both learned lessons or took things away from that that we don't want to do, like learned what not to do. I think your dad says that a lot. He's like, we've shown y'all what not to do yeah, and what you can do better. Well, you always want, I mean, you know, as good as we have it and all of that, you want our kids to have it better than we have it when they get married. Right. So, I mean, that's the same way our parents feel. So we were just with your dad because our power went out on – Friday night, and we went over there last minute and were able to stay with them for the weekend, thankfully, while the power was being restored. Is there anything that you can think of that, like, you use or you saw modeled or anything you think, like, a characteristic or a personality trait, anything you take from him that you, like, use as a dad when you parent the girls? Yeah, I think, I mean... I think a lot of my personality comes from, uh, I say comes from him. I was about uh, to say, you are your mama well, and your daddy. Yeah, it's it's a good mixture. I mean, I, I can carry a conversation with anybody, and that's uh, both of my parents are that way. They're both mm-hmm. self-employed, and uh, I kind of grew up around adults, um, <laughs> and you just learn to communicate, and it, it, it helps you. I think it, it's really good, mm-hmm. but it's... Um, my dad was or is 
I mean, he's he's always done everything he could possibly do um, for me when I was a kid, even till now. I mm-hmm. mean, with us and our family now, um, he's extremely giving. Um, would do anything in the world to help if he has the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I think that being a dad now, um, I mean, you kind of before you're a parent, you kind of just think it'll be this way or be that way or know how you'll act in a certain situation or when you have kids. Um, and I think that a lot of those uh, things that he has passed down and helps me uh, be a better dad today. Um, and I just, I hope the same thing for my kids. I mm-hmm. hope that they look back at me and say that my dad tried his best that he could and uh, gave us the best life that we possibly could have. And um, that's that's how I grew up. We weren't rich or didn't have everything that we wanted. I think sometimes I push that a little harder on my kids. And Well, uh, not push it on them, but you try to give it to them. Yeah, you try to give the life that you might have wanted or things you didn't have. And um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard boundary for me to not cross. But you also want for them to be. Well, for sure. Yeah. Self-sufficient. And I mean, I want them to. Appreciate. Yeah. Appreciate everything. And I mean, I want them to be giving and. Be respectful. Yeah. And uh, understand um, that nothing is handed to you. And uh, (laughs) that's that's the hard part is balancing um, wanting to do everything for them and give them everything that. I want for them. Maybe they don't even want it, but it's uh, just keeping that balance and um, just doing all those extra things um, and well, making them, them grateful at the same time. It's hard to. Uh, yeah, I was going to say grounded. Yeah, it's hard to keep them grounded <laughs> while you're doing that. And it can't be going, both. going back to my dad, um, he's 10 times worse than I am. So mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it, he at the same time uh, he he's making up for when we were younger and when he was a younger dad and couldn't do things that he wanted to do mm-hmm. that now he's able to <laughs> and goes, uh, now he goes overboard. above and beyond and i kind of do the exact same thing now um so our girls have it really good and we hope that um we teach them uh the right things and they learn and uh, just grow up to respect other people and um, love others and uh, just be grateful and giving and generous. Um, that's kind of the goal in parenting, I believe. Yeah. You modeled that, I feel like, really well. You're a lot more giving and generous than I am. I tend to be like, not hoarding, but I, I like, I don't give things freely. Like, I want to cling to. Because I I like, I think I've operated out of scarcity for like majority Mm -hmm. of my life. And so it's kind of funny though, because I mean, we didn't grow up like super rich and having everything either, but it's like me and my family, but neither did you, but you don't have like, you don't operate out of that scarcity mentality. Yeah. It's, I know some self-employed folks, they have that mindset, but it's, it's tough to grow and it's tough to step out of your comfort zone if you are scared and worried about everything that could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, that's, 
it's probably a, a a plus and a minus for me because sometimes I just go all out <laughs> and don't really think about it and just figure it out. Right. And, I mean, up to this point, I've I've figured it out, so uh, I think I always will. But it doesn't mean that it's uh, not sketchy at times. <laughs> yeah, I think I've taken a few plays from your book in the just like doing things messy and doing things. Well, for me, I say scared. I don't know. Sometimes you might be, feel scared or feel unsure, but you don't ever show it. You always seem confident in your decisions, even if you haven't thought all the way through them. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like you just yeah. have to do that in life best, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's the best teacher is actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So you can talk about it forever, but if you don't actually get out and do it, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. That's, that's Sometimes, well, you're you like, learn. you're really good at making things happen. Yeah. Like taking action and just doing the thing. I think about it. Yeah. And plan. And I think uh, you got to remember, baby, you're talking to moms and you're like, you're, they are, they are pl- probably planners and overthinkers. There might and be some, there might be some that like to just go all out. Just do things like on the fly and. Yep. Take messy action. I mean, I'm learning to be more like that, but I think most of them listening are like the perfectionist. They want it to be right. Y'all send her a message and tell her you're not like that. Tell me if you are or if you aren't, actually, (laughs) because we need to know this. I feel like the majority of people listening are probably like they're the planners and the thinkers through and they, I mean, that's just like, I feel like also a female thing. It I feel like t- typically most moms are like the planners and thinking five steps ahead and we have to think about everything for everybody. What is it like, by the way, to like, do you feel like that you have to, let's talk about the mental load of parenthood as like a mom and a dad. And obviously I can't, I don't know what your mental load is with the kids and the girls, like how, what that extent is or I think it's just like in different ways and we've talked about this before because one thing that I struggled with in the beginning and I even told you this I was like you know <clears throat> we've had this baby and it feels like that your life has not changed at all it feels like you come and go you're working you it feels like to me that your life hasn't changed and it feels like that my life has been completely like uprooted turned upside down and like thrown in all these pieces and I don't know who I am I don't know like how it's just like really weird. And I feel like I was so consumed with like feeding her and changing her. And like my life, it felt like revolved around her every waking moment and her every need. And I've learned that yours did too, but just in a different way. It wasn't in the, yours is more of like the providing, I feel like, and the yeah. making sure we're taken care of. So yeah, the- how did that, did that like transition did it consume your mind in a different way that like more responsibility i guess not necessarily i i mean it's i guess the first kid we were in a different place as far as how um work was going and what we were doing what i was doing and um really unsure uh certain times of the year were better than other times of the year mm-hmm. so i mean that was whether we had another mouth to feed or not, it really, uh, that didn't really consume me at all. I just, uh, I've never had a problem or I've never had a hard time making money. I've always been able to figure out, um, how to do it and, uh, figure out a 
consistent way of doing it. And um, I'm a hundred percent this far. So hopefully we'll keep that going. But I think some people listening who like are used to nine to five, if they're listening, yeah, they probably can't. It's hard to, I've done nine to five early on. Like I said, when we were selling billboards, I mean, it, I kind of, it, I worked from home at the time, so I wasn't having to be in an office all day, we every day. We didn't talk about that, but we almost killed each other at one point during that time. <laughs> but it's, so it's, it, it's definitely, uh, self-employment is, it's a different life. Um, and it's definitely not for everybody. I mean, there's, there definitely has to be the people that, um, do all of the things that the person who is well, taking on all workers. that stress, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's now, uh, I know we didn't really talk about it, but I basically sold the heat and air company, um, a few years back and, uh, kind of took on a completely different role and started a, um, custom pools and outdoor hardscapes, live outdoor living, um, all the fun stuff that's pretty to build and, uh, that everybody oohs and ahs over. But, uh, so, We've had a few different changes, um, and a lot of times it's very, it's very good. And then, like self-employment, it's it's ups and downs. So to answer your question, I, I don't feel like it really changed on my day to day, like <laughs> yours did. But yeah, you always have that thought in the back of your head that hey, you just made a another human that you have to take care of, and uh, it's just little more responsibility but i don't get overwhelmed bit. with that um, that doesn't really bother me that's why we work yeah for sure because if we did it would not work Mm-mm. or if i did right so yeah we couldn't have both of us being overwhelmed by no hashtag all the things yeah y'all he thought that i made up all the things like when i was he would I don't hear me know saying, if you made it up no you I sure didn't. say it a lot <laughs> didn't but i guess he had never heard it before me and like me saying it or i'm not up to date on all the, the mom's podcasts and he's like all the things and he thought that i just made it up and i said you know i'm not the only one that says that right and he didn't know until she says it the most until that moment <laughs> Okay, it's getting really late. I'm usually in the bed like for over an hour by now. I'm going to break this up into two episodes, but is there anything else that you want to share? Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up that has to do with you being a dad, Father's Day, your dad, anything at all? Dad life? Yeah, not not really so much the dad part. That's... That's not the the hard part, but I do want to say while I'm on here, um, I am extremely proud of you and where you've uh, come to from where you were and um, what you're doing. I I don't know how how many people are listening to this. I know that uh, your reports that you get, it's doing extremely well, which is uh, exciting. And um, it's awesome to see you grow and um, just how far you've come. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. I'm very proud of you. Um, I know that next year, the year after and years to come, this is going to sound funny because it's probably <laughs> going to be in a much different place and, uh, we'll do it again. Yeah. Thank you.
You're so sweet. Sometimes when you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> You're sweet all the time. You deal with me, so. Definitely a keeper. Too late for that. Well, I didn't have to, like, get you to agree to come on the show because literally you would have just, like, run the whole thing if I would have let you. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for letting me run this for the most part. And thanks for coming on and sharing. And One day I'll come on here and talk about the edits that were being made. Oh, gosh, no. Like, there were so many stops and pauses and cuts and deletes and try again and... It has to be perfect still. No, we're not being perfect, but I mean, it's kind of hard to listen. It's painful to listen to something that is terribly edited or just like, he will listen to podcasts that are like three hours long and I'm just like, no mom has time for that, first of all, and nobody wants to listen to that. I beg to differ. <laughs> well, obviously. But anyways, if anybody has any questions based on anything that we talked about, anything you want to know more about, whatever it is, maybe we could do a follow-up episode. I'll have you back on at some point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. But thank you for coming on. Happy Father's Day. I love you. Even though it's the day after. I love you too. Before you go, if this show has encouraged or inspired you in any way, the number one way you can help me is to leave a written review, letting other moms know how this podcast is impacting your life and motherhood. Then send this episode to some mom friends. Thank you for joining me in the mission of spreading messages just like this one to moms around the world. If you're looking for a community of like-minded mamas to come alongside you, support, and encourage you, join our Facebook group by searching Her Pursuit or by clicking the link in the show notes. Come share with us what you're taking away from this episode, what stuck out to you. I can't wait to hear from you. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey with me, and I'll see you next time, Mama.